12, 13th January weekend. And I often look, just because I'm a bit of a science background girl, I'm a clinical biochemist, um, worked in London for many years, and I just love numbers. I'm more a number person than a word person. And so when I began to understand that the Bible is an incredibly written book, and it's not... Because of the Hebrew language, it isn't just the words. Every letter represents numbers and forms and shapes. And that actually when people have begun to look at the Bible, the rhythm of the numbers, the numerology of the Bible, is as creative as actually, and Helen was teaching yesterday, that every letter in the Hebraic language is not just like an A. It denotes a shape and tells a story. So that you've got such incredible creativity just in the very written word. Isn't that amazing? And so then if you begin to explore the number track rather than the words track, you find numbers are important. And 12 is one of the important numbers of government order of God. You know, 12 tribes, 12 apostles, 12 gates of Jerusalem, 12, 12, 12. God loves the number 12. 12 is the number of time. You decimalize time and it becomes a chaos. You can't decimalize time. But 12 is God's season sequence. And so I just noticed yesterday was the 12th day of the first month of 2019. And I just felt that God wants for you at Riverside to reset, recalibrate, order and promise in your life. Let his kingdom come. Let his government come. And I don't know what you're facing here today, but I want to speak about open and shut doors. You've got a little preview in the middle of the worship. What foundation open and shut doors? I smiled. It's a new year. We've already had the great talk of the vegetables and, um, you know, super carrots and wonderful cucumber and the rest. But we can laugh and joke, but that Daniel fast is interesting because if you look at my schedule, it starts tomorrow. I'm obviously not as holy as Aaron. I'm a week late. <laughs> but I just began to feel God say to me, Daniel fast. I said, why Daniel fast? And he said to me, because it's a Daniel season. And I want you to stand for the sake of a nation because there's so much shifting going. And there, Daniel, as a young man, when everything was shaking, he just said, I'm going to stand. And the incredible thing, if you read Daniel 9, it says this, and from the very first moment, second, you prayed, I moved heaven. Isn't that awesome? But in for Daniel, even for all of heaven, for the angel Gabriel, Michael, all the warfare of the heavens above, even for them, it took 21 days to push it through to execute it on earth. Isn't that amazing? So there was a rip-roaring battle going on that even angel Michael and the whole of heaven had to fight their way through. It took them 21 days. But from the second Daniel, open his mouth, a ricochet began to happen. Can you imagine what would happen if a Daniel anointing came upon the church and we began to stand and begin to decree and ask the chaos we would cause in heaven on God's behalf for his kingdom to come on earth? as it is in heaven. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, we might see Brexit. We might have the media stirring. We might have all sorts of other stuff. But I tell you, when the church stands and speaks, from the second, 
heaven begins to shift and earth begins to reflect. So don't worry about a bit of carrot and cucumber. It's worth it. So I want to ask you, what have you loved about 2018? What were your highs? What were your lows? What as you step into 2019 do you think, I need to correct that? I need to recalibrate. I need to reset. Because I believe it's not just about January 2019, but I believe literally God is speaking to many of us, take a grip, audit your life, have a little look, reset, because I've got an upgrade for you. I've got more. But in, a, in order to download more and actually implement more, you need to shut and open some doors. It's not going to happen because you have a random thought. It's going to happen because of an intentional action. We read in Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. And this is what God says about himself. And if you're in the Daniel fast, I'm sorry about the coffee, but read like you've had a full leaded coffee. One, two, three. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come. Mighty. So here's God speaking. And he speaks about himself. And basically says, I'm the alpha. I'm the initiator. I'm the entrepreneur. I'm the starter upper. I'm the pioneer. I open things. But I'm also a God of closure. I'm a God who finishes. I'm the God who ticks the box, completed, done. It is finished. And most of us, we have preferences. If I'm honest, I'm a starter-upper. Come on, let's go. And as it gets into the mundane routine of keep going, keep going, I'm looking for someone who wants to do this job. (laughs) They can maintain it, push it through. I'm on to how many of them all like that? You're on to the new thing. But the incredible thing about God, he's an incredible initiator, creator, pioneer, starter, but he's an incredible finisher, completer. He knows when things finish. And I believe in our lives and in our nation and in our churchmanship and in our workplaces, family places, relational places, we, God is asking us to grow up to understand that beginnings... And endings are parts of life. That we have to know when to start things up. But it's just as critical to know when to close things down. And not all closure is bad. You know, boom, the door shuts. Some can be really painful. They can be unhelpful. And often when a closure or an end of season gets really messy, it's because we didn't close it soon enough. We've let it go on. It got messy, sentimental, sticky. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You begin to feel God say, that's done now, move on. And you sort of think, no, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll just keep in. Sometimes our sense of loyalty, faithfulness, over anxious sort of, I need to be there, gets us in trouble. But there's times for things to finish. You see, God began to speak to me and say, it's time to shut the door. And I believe in 2019, this year, just because of spiritually what God wants to do in us, in our cities, communities, but also in our lives, this year in many ways God is asking us to sort 
our yesterday. Remember, I'm the God of Alpha and Omega. I'm the God who is, and in your is, you have to reflect your was and your is to come. (laughs) And so I believe that somehow this year, the fasting, all sorts of things, there's a reflectiveness that God's putting in our spirit, not only for you personally, but I'm finding it all across the nation and nations. There's this sort of sense, we need to just stop a minute. What do we need to close so that we can go forward? What do I need to reset? It's time to shut the door. And for some of us, the skill is learning how to keep it shut. Not keep opening it and going having a peek and saying, oh yeah, but they need me. I need to go and help them. No, you need to hear God saying to you, it is finished. And have the courage to walk away. You see, some of that closure, that process is just time of life and seasons. I remember when my daughter Nicola got married. She's 34 years old now and mother of three. But I remember that incredible season of joy. It was an alpha moment of her marrying Tim and going. But it was also an omega moment of closure. Suddenly she wasn't my girl. She didn't live in my house. She was sort of closing the door and saying, wow, I've got my own house. And I'm going, no, but this is your house, you love this house. And it was that sweet and sour moment of closure. There was nothing wrong or evil about it, but it still felt a sense of loss. And I believe for some of us, we're going to feel senses of loss and it's not all going to be easy, but it is necessary. I've got a precious mum and dad who are still both alive, but this last year has been very difficult because the dad I know is no longer alive. And he's moved into a home, and I've watched, I mentioned, and as a family, we've grappled with praying, oh God, take him, and oh God, are we allowed to pray that? And all that sense of a massive closure of the dad that was, but the dad that still is, and the confusion of all of that, and it's not comfortable, it's not nice, but it is life, and I'm sure many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's how we process the God of Omega, the God that has closed things, I think is very critical in helping us in the way we move forward. John 19 verse 30 says this. John 19 verse 30. Can you read it with me from the screen? And when he, this is Jesus, and when he received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. This was the omega moment of Jesus' life on earth. It is finished. It's interesting. He shut the door, bowed his head. Father, why have you forsaken me? There's a lot of shutting doors in that moment. He was only 33 years old. He was still outstanding in his ministry, just a few Hours before this, he had radically healed a guy whose ear had been chopped off with Peter's rather zealous moment and healed it and put it back. It wasn't like his ministry was diminishing and he was losing his power on earth. But yeah, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and he gave up. You know, nothing had to be taken from Jesus. He knew how to give things up at the right time. Jesus was not murdered. Because you see, to murder means to violently take, take 
alive. No one took Jesus' life. He wasn't murdered. He gave up his life. And you see, some of us, we get pretty violent at those moments of closure. But I believe God is asking for a new graciousness, even in this reflective season. Maybe not, Daniel, that you know. How many of you have had those moments? You've walked into a room and you can't understand it, but you just say, it's finished, it's done. Maybe you go to your desk and you, there's nothing, it's not that it's got more political or more difficult, but you just sat at your desk and you thought, it's done. And then you think, oh, get rid of that, rebuke you in the name of Jesus. But something was triggered. I believe God has brought me here to irritate you today, to, to log those things and not just go, oh, bad day, just carry on. Do, 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 do. No, you see, I believe there have been some cries in this last decade, this 20-teens decade, and God is closing doors. Why? Because I believe we're going to step into 2020, a whole new decade, and God wants a new landscape, new commissions for the church, new visions, but we've got to declutter. That was the word I had. Some of you need to declutter, close some stuff down to create some space for the new things God wants to do through you. It is finished. Isaiah 22, verse 22. And I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David. And what he opens, no one can shut. And we love preaching on that. God's opened the door, no one can shut it. But what about the other bit? And what he shuts, no one will open. Did you know God shuts doors? We don't, how many of you heard the sermon? I'm going to preach to you. Well, you have today. <laughs> but before, I'm going to preach to you on the God who shut your doors. You see, conceptually, we don't like that so much. But did you realize it's just as essential for the shut as the open? And even as we come into those fasting seasons and that, just make sure you're not kicking the door that's God saying, sorry, mate, it's done. Move on. He shuts doors. And I do believe that this is a season of letting go to grow. Like I'm saying, not all shut doors are the bad thing, but it's a Caesar thing. It's just like, this is done, sweet, move on. I remember one time turning up just for a, a, a prayer cluster. We had a, in Watford Church, a real group of girls. And I didn't even know why. There wasn't like anything gone wrong. We're having coffee. And I just looked around the room and I thought, I'm not going to do this again. I had no reference for that, but there was just something, this is done as it is. Within the next month, different things transpired with job, etc. And that group of five of us that had really held together for five, six years, suddenly, we, we tried to make it work over the next six months, but you know it never really worked. And actually six months and we all looked at each other and said, we need to just let this go. What, but what that did was all of us then were transitioned into different things. And God gave us space to grow. So God is asking some of you to make decisions about closing doors. Yesterday, how many of you were here yesterday? Just to give me an idea. Oh, a lot of you. But yesterday we looked at shutting the prison doors. And I'm just going to read two scriptures that I used yesterday. And as we read them, because some of those doors are prison doors. They're doors that have enslaved us, doors that have brought shame to us, brought rejection or brought regret to us. And we keep going, having a look in that room and God's just saying, shut that door. That's not a great door for you. That's a prison door for you. Get out of that room. 
and shut those doors. So let's just look at these scriptures. Psalm 31 verse 8. Just read it and read it over your life to those doors and rooms that have not been helpful for you. One, two, three. You have kept me from being conquered by my enemy. You broke open the way to bring me into freedom, into a beautiful, broad place. God's shutting some of those doors that have hounded you, spoken into you. And I'm sure this will the, um, the conference be on download, etc. Do they get it? No? We'll have a look. But I was going to say, if it's there, you can listen to the expanded version. But God just wants you to close stuff. And Gordon, Helen, and I all spoke on just the difference from our different skill sets on how to shut doors, but then how to be carriers and ambassadors of that freedom. Here's another verse. Psalm 107, verse 14. One, two, three. His light broke through the darkness, and he led me out in freedom from death's dark shadow and snapped every one of our chains. Isn't that beautiful? And for some of you, you need to take those verses home and just say, God, I believe this is my omega season. This is my omega season. It's funny, Gordon and I got up early this morning. We just, we tend to be walkers' prayers, and we just went for a walk. We rounded this corner on the industrial estate, sort of where we think, and suddenly there was this huge sign, the Omega Center. And I'm just like, seriously, we've got a picture to prove we couldn't quite get it up on the thing. I said, the Omega Center. I've never seen that anywhere in my life when I'm preaching it. I just felt, the Omega Center. This is finished. So for those of you who've just felt your yesterday in your today, I just felt that God wanted to say to you, come on, shut those doors. It is finished. Oh, my God. Isaiah 43, just read it with me, 1890. So forget those former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the... It's a transition time. But to really step into the new thing and do a new thing, and guess what? A new thing is new. And I have this incredible sense that what God is going to craft for us is extraordinarily new. I have such a sense that this new um, decade of 2020, God spoke to me in America. I was sort of not thinking about these sort of things at all, but literally in my sleep, as I was going to sleep, it was like an audible voice. And God said, 2020s is going to be the mark out decade of the 21st century as the 1960s were the mark out decade of the 20th century. And that is why I'm going to take intentional care to prepare you, if you will hear me. So God's going to shift us, shift us emotionally, shift us intellectually, shift us practically, you know, shift us spiritually. He's setting you up to do good. He's setting you up to be satisfied. He's setting you up to really take a get decade and stamp it for the glory of God. And that's why we've got to shut some doors. 
But I believe there's almost a forgetting of the crafting of the ways we've reacted, the ways we've responded, the ways we've done things. Behold, I want to do a new thing. I want to put new instincts in you. I want to put new reference points, grids, etc. I want you to close those doors that emotionally make you maybe a bit difficult to work with or reactionary or defensive. I have two people in my world, Helen and Gordon. I need two people to keep me nice. And you might laugh, but actually, both these people, you get to know them, are perfect complements for who I am and my character. I can lean into them. And I joke, and, or you think I'm joking when I say they make me look good. But I seriously do mean that. They have helped craft the Rachel I am today. And I've had to shut doors to some of my ways of even training, thinking, some of my religiosity, some of my, excuse me, <clears throat> keep your place, all sorts of stuff that was almost I didn't even realize was there. And suddenly now I look at it and I think, God, that's real embarrassing. I can't really believe I thought that was okay. There's going to be closing doors, body, mind, soul, spirit, being. Why? Because God wants to declutter us because he wants to give us an excellence, not just a year. I have such a sense he's setting you up for a decade. He's setting you up for a whole new pathway. Behold, I'm making a way in a wilderness. How many know it's going to take a bit more than five minutes to transform a wilderness? You see, we've got, we've got a long-term thing coming here. I feel God's crafting us. For a whole new way. God said to me that for the last 20 years, and some of you are saying, well, I've hardly been alive for that. But for the last 20, 25 years in church, it's been a real building season. It's been like, this is how we do worship. This is how we do church leadership. This is how we do countdown clocks and get you in on time. This is how we do church news and video. I mean, all that is new, isn't it? But it's so funny, you go all over the nations and we're quite used to 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, boom, let's worship. And it's become instinct. Actually, we never did that 10 years ago. In fact, if we tried to do it, people would think, you're weird. What are you trying to do? You know, videos for church news, people would say, no, we like our bulletin. We need to get to the photocopier quick and it burns up every Sunday morning. And, um, you know, they were, it's just like... <laughs> Hello, how many of you have been in church long enough to know what I'm saying is true? But I, we don't realize we've trained, changed in the last decade, 20 years. But I believe that there's a da -da 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 shift and God's going to do something incredibly new in the church. Why? Because culture's moved aloft and a lot of the bridges we've built allow, oh, miss, bang. And it's not that our message changes but our method of information or release has to shift. And God's setting us up to be ahead of the game. Just like dear Aaron said, come on, let's be seven days ahead instead of seven days behind. Living at the head is much better than living at the tail. Poop comes out the tail and I don't like living near it. You'll remember that. Let's get ahead of the game. We don't always want to be. How many of you know in your workplace, if you're constantly crisis managing, it's hard work. Let's be the visionaries. Let's be ahead. Let's be already there with the answers. And you, but God's got to close some doors to open ways in the wilderness. Because we have been living in such a building season in the church, changing, etc. But I believe that God is beginning to go, da-da-da-da, listen. 
It's almost like the spiritual architects, the prophets. The spiritual architects are going to stand up with a loud voice and say, Hello, not that way, this way, all change, new days, stop it, close it, be nice here, be quiet. And it's going to be different because for a long time that prophetic voice or that revelatory voice has just worked alongside the building program saying, no, 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 not four floors there, just three. No, 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 don't use those bricks, use this one. No, 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 not that color, this color. And we've walked much more in the fabric of the building giving advice. Do you understand what I mean by that? Even in your life, it's been, no, 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 just stop here. But I believe... There is a whole new architectural plan. It's like the Holy Spirit is just going to go, boom, here's a building. What do you think of that, Britain? This is what I want to build. And you go, whoa, I've never seen anything like that. And God says, exactly, follow closely. I'll show you how to build it. How many of you, if you had crafted a move of God that would really re give a revelation of, of the Father's love would have designed the Toronto Father's blessing. For many of you, that was 25 years ago. You said, I have no idea what you're talking about. Don't worry. But it was a very strange season. And I remember in our church in Watford, we stood up one morning. I was giving the announcement and our church was a little bit more this way, and very wide. And we had a big back row that went all the way around. And suddenly, as I'm giving you noticement, people just fell out the chairs backwards, all the chairs. It was like an angel literally had got hold of the legs, kicked it, and all the chairs went on their back the whole way around. I mean, I don't know how many chairs. 50, 60 of that back row, just bang, 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 all falling out. And then they begin laughing. And I'm thinking, how utterly rude. Shut up and sort yourselves out. <laughs> But of course, hopefully, I didn't say any of that. Just, and then I'm going curious because I'm thinking, what in the world caused that? Then, while I'm still trying to sort that out, the drummer who's behind me flips totally backwards into the bass drum with his head caught in it. And by then, the, the meetings, oh, some people just began to And then they began to sob. And they're just crying. We hadn't said anything. I had no idea what in the world then we began to hear other stories of things happening very similarly across churches all over Britain and Canada and America. And I'm thinking, why in the world, God, would you think that's a good idea? And do you know the problems it's caused us and the emails and telephone calls? But then what began to bubble through is I suddenly had a, well, the Holy Spirit gave me another one. He said, go ask them what happened. Go ask them what happened. Well, they fell off the chair. No, 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 Rachel, stop it. Calm down. Go talk to him. Talk to the drummer. And he said, I suddenly felt like this hand went boom. And my heart began to go do -do -do -dum, do -do -do -dum. And his head was in the bass drum. He said, I felt like the bass drum was praying. And God just said to me, I'm going to reset your heart and all the rejection. You've been in bullies school. You've been badly bullied. We're all set. And I could hear him weeping in the drum, which is not the best bass because the whole place is full. <laughs> And he has an absolute revelation of how God's resetting his heart to hear the love of the Father. For me, it was an irritating nuisance and a total distraction to my very well-formed notices. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is when God turns up with a new architectural plan, it's a little bit like someone has this bright idea of a new building for Exeter and you go, seriously, why? I think God's going to do some seriousness to 
catch our attention. But how many of you know we need something radically new? And radically new is radically new. Haven't seen it before. And now 25 years on, we all understand Father's love, goodness of God, receiving prayer, soaking prayer, all those things. We had no idea of just standing in the presence of God, allowing someone to minister, speak love, emotional well-being, mental health. How many of all these things, you know, Zozo, go for counseling, heal your inner heart? 25 years ago, we never had that language or structure in church. For you who have been in church all the time, say, really? Yeah, absolutely. But God crafted something. What's he going to craft now? What's he going to do? He's going to open new doors. He's going to open new doors. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 8 and 9. This is Paul saying, but I will stay at Exeter, I mean Ephesus, (laughs) until Pentecost. Why? Because a great door for effective work has opened for me. But read the last bit. And there are many who, you see, the new things, the new doors, even, you know, his great effective doors, boom, opening. Just because God is opening a new door doesn't mean it will be easy or unopposed. And so that's part of the journey we also have. You know, we've got to close stuff and close down insecurity. And then we've got to be brave and be strong, maybe even a bit courageous, because God's going to open new stuff. Great, effective doors are going to open, but it doesn't necessarily all feel great. It can still feel difficult, still feel wrestled, still feel a bit awkward. But I just feel for you in Exeter, I just feel that there are great, effective doors waiting for you. They're doors that need to be opened with faith and wisdom. But don't focus on the challenges around those doors, but focus on the excitement of God giving you a new opportunity of a new door. It's perspective season. In this season of Brexit and all that's going on, I wonder what you see. What do you see? Do you see what the media plaints that we're going to have absolute anarchy on the streets, all the police are going to be out there, shops are going to be ended, etc.? Maybe because I've been around the block a few times, but I do remember Millennium when we moved year 2000, and I was about to fly on the 3rd of January, and everyone was telling me every plane was going to fall out the sky. That we should all have water and tins, and the best thing was to buy some land in Scotland and become self. Do you remember that? (laughs) Well, actually, I can't remember a single plane falling out the sky or anything else. We get a little bit overexcited with change. And I don't think we're that good at predicting it, but guess what God is? God is amazing at predicting the next season. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. And after this, I looked. After what? Well, if you read the first four chapters, or three chapters, sorry, of Revelation, after the audit of the church, which was pretty negative, the church wasn't doing that great. After all the assessments of what was happening on earth, I looked. And there standing open in heaven was a door. I want to ask you, 
Whatever the predictions over your personal life, marriage, job, etc. Come on, don't let earth write your story. Let heaven write your story. Don't let what you see be your future. Let what heaven sees be your future. Break the intimidation and the fear of what's happening on earth and look to heaven. After all of this, I looked up. And I saw a door open in heaven and I heard a voice speaking like a, speaking like a, speaking like a, it wasn't the still small whisper, speaking like trumpet, wake up, hello, it's, you know, I'll do it to my husband, I think I can get away with it. But you know, I, I did first aid and first responder. And when so, I also did, you know, life-saving and that sort of thing. They said, when someone's in the water and they're absolutely out of control, you give them a jolly good slap to break them out of their panic moment. And I, I just love God. He just says, come on, like a trumpet. Hello, I'm here. Look up. I'm in heaven. It's not the still, small little whisper. It's God speaking on. I really do believe. (laughs) And maybe you think, why is she shouting? Why is she so strong? Because there's a trumpet. It's like, hello, let me get your attention. Break every other sound like a trumpet. And that's your voice to people. Not necessarily you have to scream, but we have to be strongly intentional in what we say. Not a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And try and make it all nice. This is not a you know, chocolate sort of all icing sugar time. I really do believe it's a trumpet time. Come up here and I will show you what will take place. How many of you ready to go another level with Jesus and let him really show you what's going to happen? And that's what I believe part of the Daniel fast, literally all over the world. I was talking to a church leader in Quebec, just chatting to her. She said, Rachel, I've just got this word. I mean, she speaks French fluently, English not so. So she's trying to Think of how you say it in our English. She said, it's the Daniel one. It's a Daniel moment where you eat nothing or you eat some things. I said, Daniel fast. She said, that's it. I just have felt God saying, it's Daniel, it's Daniel. And there she is in Quebec breaking through in Ontario. So it's a Daniel moment. Come here, Daniel moment. Why? Because God's saying, hello, trumpet, come up here. I want to give you a different perspective. Why? We've been in that apostolic building, sorting things out season with our Duplo Lego box, putting things. And I don't diminish that, but it's like God's given us promises and instructions. But it's almost like I feel I've come to end. I just felt for many of you, you've been really faithful in doing what you're doing, but you're thinking, not quite sure what's ahead. I just feel I'm doing the same, but I feel something's about to shift, but I don't know. And I feel your building season, it's like God's looking, saying, well done, good and faithful. You've ticked those boxes, but now step back, reset, realign, look up, let me speak to you, because it's a whole shift of a new day for you. It's so important you declutter. Why? Because it's time to create capacity to pioneer again. You see, if you declutter, if you get rid of some of the stuff, if you close some of the doors, you've got a bit more space in your headspace. How many of you know you need some headspace to dream? You need some emotional space just to imagine, create. 
You need some practical space just to sit, have the time. And spiritual space. It's just like God says, now shut some of that down. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. Change some of your life. Oh, I got some free time. Yeah. Now come up here and dream. I want you to declutter so that you get time to pioneer again, to think of the new thing. Because I don't want you to be the people stuck in yesterday. When the God, I'm the God of Alpha Omega, the God who is and was, but there's an is to come <laughs> that he's inviting you to. It's a time of open doors. First Chronicles chapter 410. And Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, oh, bless me. Oh, enlarge me. Let your hand be on me. Keep me from harm. Keep me free from pain. And God granted his requests. There's five requests there. Can you give them to me? What are they? God. 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 Five requests. And I felt God say, as we go into this new pioneering season, as we pray, it doesn't have to be pioneering with a lot of pain. Let's, we don't only have to pray, oh God, upgrade me. Oh God, increase me. But I, I know all hell will break loose and I'll have trouble. He said, no, God bless me, enlarge me, mark me and protect me. Keep me from harm and trouble. Keep me from that backlash. Keep me from the enemy's plan against me. I want to move forward. But let this be a new season. You see, Jabez's mother only birthed in horrendous pain. That's why Jabez was the final of a birthing of her son. So she said, oh, not this birthing thing, pioneering again. Every time it's hell, it's pain and trouble. And Jabez, you've been the worst of them all. And that's what his name means. Birthed in extreme pain and trouble. It's like, Jabez, I've had this birthing, pioneering thing. It's just pain and trouble. Jabez then stands up and says, God, I believe we can pioneer. I believe we can give birth. I believe we can do new things. But God, I'm not going to be like that generation. I'm not going to be like my mum. God, will, I've got another prayer. Don't only enlarge me, but protect me. Don't only expand me, but oh God, I don't want to be like my mum, where I just get locked into this idea that every time you birth, it's all hell and pain. God, in my generation, will you do a new thing? Will you begin to teach us and craft a way that we can pioneer new things without all hell and all trouble? It's a challenge, isn't it? I made it my prayer. I think, come on, God. If, if you could grant Jabez all his requests, pick me. Pick me. Amen. So I want to ask you, are you ready to make room for the new? Are you ready for more? Are you ready for an upgrade season? Why are we going to shut and open doors? Because we're decluttering to make space for him. To satisfy. And he said, this is upgrade season. Upgrade season. Matthew 7 verse 11. Now I'm finishing with this. If you then who are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. Read this with me. How much more will your father? Read it again. How much more will your father? One more time. How much more will your father in heaven give gifts to those who? To those who? To those who? 
we've got open doors. So he would say, well, what is it? Ask him. He's got good gifts to those who ask him. Daniel, for us, is a great thing. Let's get in a rhythm of asking. You have not because you ask and it will be. You go through, just there's some homework on your Daniel fast. Just look up the word ask. And how many times God is saying, come on, engage, talk to me, ask me, what do you want? Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. What do you want? God, I'm closing doors, opening doors, and I want something new. Amen. Well, why don't we just pause a moment. Take some of the headlines that the Holy Spirit's spoken to you. What has the Holy Spirit spoken to you? And just grasp them and say, okay, God, if the worship team wants to come, you're very welcome. Just grasp those headlines. But as we just sit here in the presence of God, before we get ready to go out the back door, have coffee and run into our world, I want to give you a moment to almost, as it were, sign your contract with God for 2019. And it's funny because I've been in... Um, Devon since Wednesday and it's been like every time I've stood to speak this word has been leaking out I could hard and when I got this morning to read it I thought oh I've leaked this word all over Devon as I've been here because I felt it for this place I feel it for you in Exeter I feel for you precious people in the house today God is saying to you come on shut and open doors as you close things you're going to declutter and create opportunity. And often we have, he is the God of Alpha and Omega. But it's almost like we're coming full circle. So he is the God of Omega leading to Alpha. He's shutting things to lead you into the new things. Because he's a cyclical God. Every end of season gives a new. When Jesus hung on that cross, he hung there for you. And he bowed his head and he gave up his life. And said, it is finished. He said it over his life. He said it over your life of pain and sin. But it was not the end of the story. There were three days of great darkness, but then Alpha, Resurrection Day, he rose with incredible life. Life for him and life for you. And there are people in the house today, you need to press a reset button of your life. You need to shut some doors but need to know this incredible God who shut the door and said it's finished has also said, and it's never going to end. There is a new life. And if you know in your life today, maybe you've never really given your life to Jesus or maybe you have, but as you look at your life today, you think there is so much I need to shut. And God, I can stand and I knock. And he's knocking at your door and he's saying, come on, open it. Because there's a whole new world that I need to help you live. If that's you and you just know, I need to open my life to God in a whole new way. And I need to shut the door to some stuff. But this is a God moment for me. Wherever you are, just put your hand straight up to heaven and I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know if you can hear God knocking and just saying, yeah, I need to let go and let God. Thank you. 
Is there anyone else? Just put your hands up. You're very welcome. Thank you. I'm going to pray for you. But I want us all to do it together because I'm sure at some level all of us know God's calling us. Will you pray this with me? Father, today, I invite you to come into my life. Direct me. Help me in a whole new way. I ask you to help me shut the door to my wrong decisions, my wrong behaviour. Please forgive me for my wrong choices. And I thank you. But right now, I open the door of my life, of my decisions, and I ask you, Jesus, help me live life well. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, I want you to find a friend, find someone in the coffee room, come forward, speak to the um, staff team here at Riverside and just tell them, I prayed that prayer. I need help in shutting doors, opening doors. I want to live this life well. Please do that. For the rest of you, will you just stand with me as we close the service? How many of you know at some level God was challenging you to close some doors? You, you, you just know. Just put your hand to heaven. And as, as you just felt God say that, I want you to imagine that you're putting your hand on a doorknob and you're just shutting a door. And just saying, God, as I put my hand to heaven, I'm asking you now, help me shut this. Shut this way of thinking. Shut this way of reaction. God, I just know I've got to shut this door. Just put your hand on that door. And now let's pray this together. Father, today, I thank you. You are the God of Alpha Omega. And we come to you today. And we ask you, teach us the God of Omega. The God who closes. The God who shuts, who completes, perfects, it is finished. And we thank you for it. Amen. Now I want to pray for one other group of people. I just feel that Daniel fast, all of that, none of that is by coincidence. But you just know God is saying, come up here. I want to show you. And there's a hunger in you, God. I want you to speak to me, whether you're doing the Daniel fast or not. But there's just something in you as I spoke. Show me the new thing. Help me come away. God, I really want to know you will show me. And there's just that cry in you. God, I hear the trumpet. The tr she shouted. I heard it. But God, I really want to know now you'll help me. And a new thing. I just felt that cry as I was preaching. If that's you, just put your hands to heaven and I want to pray for you. And again, I want you to be a bit specific in tension. Just say, God, I'm really pressing in to ask you, help me. So Father, right now, we just come under the goodness of heaven and we hear the trumpet say, come up, 
And we're saying, here we are, Daddy, help us. And I pray for this church. I pray for everyone here. I pray for the southwest of England. I pray at every level you'll begin to open doors and give strategy for the new. And we ask you, just take two moments. He says, how much more will your daddy give you to those who ask? So just right now, before we worship, just open your mouths and ask your daddy for something. Just pray out loud. Pray like you would sing. Just ask him. Say, God, this is what I'm doing with you. This is what I'm asking for right now. I'm asking you to hear this cry, asking you to answer this request. I believe this will be my more season. And I'm asking you to give me more wisdom, more grace in this area. And everyone said, amen. Amen. So as you go have coffee and think, be intentional. Grab someone and say, I need you to help me press in. If you're doing the Daniel fast, find a buddy, a carrot, cucumber buddy. And find someone to pray with. And just help each other. 21 days and you'll come of age. In Jesus' name. Amen.